Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints of Polishing Podcast. I'm Marshall Hill, and I'm your guide as we journey through the auto detailing industry. And tonight is the community pub. I couldn't be more excited for a round two with uh, Sonax. And, you know, Rob, I, before I introduce your handles, can we get one more look at those ladies in the back? Because yes. I think if I remember right about Sonax, you know, that's what maybe what made me stop at your booth was the ladies uh, are always all over your guys' backdrops. Uh, the Germans definitely do it right. No doubt about that. They like uh, their you, you can find me on Total Auto Solutions on most platforms. If you're on TikTok, find me at Detail Supply App. Best way to get in touch, though, is 918-800-1188. Rob can be reached uh, at Sonax USA on most platforms. Best way to get in touch with Rob, which Rob has already said. Multiple people reached out. Uh, Rob at SonaxUSA.com. And, uh, Rob, I'll let you introduce your guest. Uh, I know him from a former life, uh, so it's good to see him again. Uh Who's the guest sitting there next to you? Yeah, Jason Abney is uh, up from uh, the great state of Kentucky. He's up here for the week. So uh, I told him that we were going to be on tonight, and he was uh, gracious enough to say, you know what, I'm not going to miss the opportunity. So uh, everybody say hello to Jason Abney. He has, uh, he's been with us for three and a half years now. Yeah, yeah, three and a half yeah. short years. Uh, so It's it, blown by for sure. It has, it has. So. Thanks for having me tonight, Marty. It uh, beats sitting at the Hampton Inn, my home away from home. So uh, appreciate uh, everybody joining tonight. So look forward to talking about some polish. Definitely, man. Uh, give us a little bit of background, though. Who are you? Well, I've uh, I've been in this industry what well, seems like half my life. I mean, I know I look like I'm 25, but I'm I'm actually 45. So I started um, really straight out of high school. Um, I was I've always been a car guy. And uh, me and my dad are big street rod guys, and I do a lot of building of Jeeps and four-by-fours, and that's kind of my thing. It has been, you know, in high school, I, I painted cars through the summer, and, and that's really how I learned how to, you know, swirl the hell out of them with some 3M and, and DeWalt buffers and all that good stuff. So, um, you know, it's, it's funny. When I got out of high school, we, the company that I was working for, um, was really, really close to the world headquarters of Valvoline Oil Company. And uh, Valvoline Oil Company purchased a, another business called Eagle One. And if you guys are familiar with that, and, and they asked me to uh, put a route truck out on the road, and, and uh, I did. And that was really the start of my, my appearance journey. So I started a route truck and was very fortunate to, to grow that area into several different uh, states. And uh, uh, did something well enough, I guess, to where Valvoline pulled me into the corporate office. And uh, I was the product line manager for uh, Eagle One, uh, the national trainer, as well as uh, uh, several other hats. And then eventually we ended up in 2005 buying a little company called Carbright. And uh, so I was the uh, product manager, national trainer for Carbright for uh, a little over 15 years. And um, Private equity got, gobbled them up like everybody else in this business these days. And uh, it was a good opportunity for me to find a uh, family-owned, awesome company. So that's why I'm here. Yeah, they, they are a good company, aren't they? They are, absolutely. 
Yeah. I don't know about that guy next to you. How good is he? <laughs> uh, you know, he has his days, you know, but more yeah. bad than good. Yeah. Yeah. There's <laughs> not, not a lot of others that would be here at eight 30 at night uh, talking to everybody. So that's a, that's a plus. He gets a gold star tonight. Yeah. Still the best though that it always been is where Rob drove uh, my order straight to me on his way to drop, uh, see his son in college. So that's still to me, it's the best ever. That's still, <laughs> hey, we, uh, we brag on our customer service, man. That's, that's what, uh, I think separates us from a lot of the competitors out there that have seemed to gotten so big. They've forgotten a, a lot about how to take care of people. So that's, uh, yeah, we're fortunate to be able to do that. Yeah. Not many, not many, Marty, you can place your order at four o'clock on a, on a Thursday and, have it delivered to your doorstep at noon on uh, on noon on Friday, with a whole bunch of uh, college gear in the back. Yep, that's true. And there's no doubt. A lot of times we'll place my orders late, and I'll, I'll send in. I'll send Amy a message. I'll be like, "I'm so sorry." <laughs> you know, <laughs> Rob's late not night. You know, hey, does he? <laughs> you what? Rob's not happening to come to any to Oklahoma State anytime <laughs> yeah. soon, is he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm normally not in need of a 911 rush order like that one. It was just, uh, I normally just order late at night. Like, I'll send her a text. I'm like, hey, I know it's late. Apologies. But if I don't send this now, I'll forget. So, yeah, yeah, understood. <laughs> that's that's the way it goes. With Nick on board now, he's going to take care of all that stuff and get it off my plate. So, uh, she won't get those late night texts anymore. <laughs> Uh, speaking of women though, uh, you got some beautiful women in the background, Nick, uh, we want to dive into, uh, what's cooking with Nick, but we also want to know what's with those beautiful women that were, you, you were taking photos with, man. You're on mute. You talking about, wait, what? <laughs> there was an Instagram post you of you some ladies. Oh, that. Oh, man. Okay. Slammed it off car show. This was about maybe a month and a half ago. Um, these, these models have posted on Instagram. Hey, we're, we're in, uh, we're going to be in town and who wants to put a shoot? And, you know, I'd, I'd seen these, you know, kind of people posting, you know, whatever, you know, car models thing, you know, follow cause whatever. And, you know, I kind of got to thinking, I was like, well, everybody when they're young, has those kind of pictures, you know, those posters of cars on their wall with models being a, a Coontosh or Cindy Crawford or whatever, you know, that's the kind of childhood thing to have is, you know, that poster on the wall. And I never had one. I never really found a car that, you know, I thought was amazing and I wanted to keep looking at. And so that's kind of why I built my car. So when I built the car. I don't have a poster like everybody had. So models came around. I knew nice who man. they were. I knew the, I knew how to connect it up and made it happen. Hired a really good photographer, hired some cool models. And now I have what I 50 something pictures I could make into a poster and poster. have that poster. I always dreamed of. And I'm just going through them now and, and posting them just cause, but that's the whole ideology behind it. It's just, I want a poster, but it's my car and my models. I like it, man. All right. So what's on cooking with Nick tonight? Uh, so I've got this old, not old, but I've got this leftover pizza. I don't know what to do with it. So I'm going to cook some shrimp and add it to it. Mm. And we're going to go from there. <laughs> All right. So as pizzas continue to, you know, it's always a, a staple of, I think any detailers regular, uh, week. Uh, the interesting part though, to me has been how cauliflower pizza has continued to grow. I went out last night, took the girl I'm dating. We went out to, uh, 
dinner and I got pizza and they had on a $2.50 add-on, you could add cauliflower pizza. And I thought that was crazy. Um, it's common. That's common. We eat it a lot here because my mom's gluten-free. The easy way to enjoy pizza while you're you know, trying a gluten-free diet or something. Yeah. All right, it's let's good. go. I'm not going to lie. Let's go around the room and say who's drinking what. I'm drinking this pineapple emoji. Uh, it's an American wheat beer by Welltown. Uh, for those of you that have followed the uh, podcast before, the beer nerd that we had on years ago who would walk us through what all beers were, he is now the uh, head brewmaster for Welltown. So I went down and got uh, a couple of their new new beers that they made. This is a, like I said, a pineapple American wheat. Quite delicious. Uh, so Dave, man, nicely done. Love the beer. Brandon, what are you drinking? Old trusty? No, I wish. I got excited to go open a Guinness and I ran out. So Ooh. I'm drinking uh, some Angry Orchard tonight. Ooh. I'm not sure <laughs> I'd admit that, though. <laughs> I know. It was in the fridge, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kevin, what about you? Uh, Brandon, sorry. I wish I knew that. I've got half a case of, of cold uh, Guinness just waiting to be open but oh, um, you gotta tease you gotta tease me don't you i'm sorry <laughs> I'm, actually i'm going back to the uh got a yingling tonight yingling, uh, yeah. something a little lighter i've got another board meeting to attend with our uh, other national group of owners and uh in about an hour or so to keep my wits about me so <laughs> well if tell them say hey you know we were we were we were throwing them back on a podcast so yeah. it is what it is wow oh. Derek, what are you drinking tonight? I got a beer from Bentwater called Double Under Funk, and it's a uh, double IPA. That's a cool can. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that's why I got it. Uh, sometimes I get the – if the can looks good, the beer might be good, but sometimes that doesn't end up that way, but, you know. That's what I thought was unique about this one. They went all white with just a little picture of a pineapple and they called it beer mo you know, that's a pineapple emoji. Like, so it's, they went with the opposite way, just a very simple can, but you're right. Most of them now are those big, bright, fun cans. So, all right, let's hop. Alex, are you drinking or is it water? It's always water. I just got, I got lemonade tonight. Oh, good. Look at you. <laughs> and, and favorite and lemonade? Pork, pork tacos with pineapple salsa. Yeah. <laughs> Marshall's beer would go great with that taco. It would. It would. Yeah. That's what I was thinking when he was saying it. Yeah. Mango salsa is also an interesting citrus to put in salsa. Yeah. 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 Definitely. All right. We want to dive in tonight into what makes perfect finish so perfect. <laughs> right. Because it no doubt was uh, as it began to grow through the U.S., it exploded and is still one of the biggest. Uh, if you go around talking about polishes, most people in every shop somewhere are using or have used at some time perfect finish. Uh, it is uh, extremely high gloss. It's extremely easy to use, but it's not the same as your other polishes. So before we dive into your other polishes, uh, let's dive into perfect finish. You know what from you guys like. What makes perfect finish, once again, so perfect? Uh -huh. Well, leading off and, and from last week's conversation where you kept having to pull everybody kind of back a little bit and uh, pull them off the perfect finish questions for tonight. So certainly appreciate you doing that last week. But uh, yeah, perfect finish is, uh, is 
it's quickly becoming one of our best-selling products in, in the assortment worldwide. And um, it's, it's kind of an interesting story. Uh, Perfect Finish was designed for Mercedes-Benz uh, automotive OEMs uh, in Germany. Uh, and what they did, they came to our chemist, uh, I'm guessing seven years ago, seven, eight years ago. No, it's going to be longer than that. Probably nine years ago. Uh, and they wanted, they wanted a polish that they could fix imperfections on the line without pulling the car off and, you know, kind of starting the whole process over. So uh, off our chemist went. And All right. So, so pause. Do you know how they were doing it before? What would they do? They would pull it off and they would kind of take it back and either repaint it or wet sand it or, or, you know, just any way that they could possibly do it. But they were actually pulling the car off the line and kind of taking it back and starting over. So um, what they challenged our chemist with was something that they could hit on the line uh, in 15 minutes, have that paint perfect, uh, whether it was a paint nib or, you know, any kind of uh, orange peel or any kind of, kind of imperfection. So it was, um, I mean, it took our chemist three years to come up with this. Um, you know, one of the, I guess the key ingredient in that, in that is the diminishing abrasive. So it is a, uh, it's an aggressive uh, abrasive component in the polish, but the way that that uh, component breaks down into a polish is really the key to, you know, key to the whole thing. So, um, you know, going back, it took our chemist about three years to develop that to the point where Mercedes-Benz says, yep, we like it. We're going to put it into our systems. And uh, to that day, and as far as I know, to this day, that's still what they use in, in the, in the uh, production plants uh, in the Mercedes-Benz OEMs. Uh, so fast forward a couple years later, we were at SEMA. They introduced it. Uh, but the label said only use for small areas on the car. So we went to them and said, how come we can't write the label where you can use it on the entire car? And they were like, well, that wasn't the way it was designed for. So now is that a, is that, that's just a German way of thinking, right? It is completely the German way of thinking it. You use it the way it was designed to be used. Uh, even though in my opinion, it's, it's the best polish on the market. Um, you know, the original label said to be used on small imperfections on the paint, uh, particularly in the OEM setting. So fast forward, you know, eight years later, and it's uh, one of the best selling polishes in their line, if not the best uh, selling polish in their line worldwide. All right. Now, one of the miss, uh, probably mm, misnomers or probably unknown things is that I guess traditionally it was designed for a rotary, right? It is designed for a rotary, yes. Um, so one of the, I guess one of the questions that we get for those of you that may or may not know the German way of- No, no don't give the secret on the other one. Don't give the secret on the other one until later. Don't give it? Yeah, don't give it yet. Talk about perfect finish. Yeah, so that is designed. Uh, and again, it, it was designed specifically for a rotary. Now, that's not to say that it doesn't do great, but for ultimate perfect conditions, use that with a green pad uh, on a rotary, and it is fantastic. All right, any, any, you know, 
Jason, hop in too, as, as you've been using it, because you, you mentioned earlier, old school rotary guy, you know, so as you moved over to the company and started using the product, what did, what did you tell that was different about it when you used a rotary? Well, you know, I think the, the cool thing about perfect finish and to Rob's point, um, and I think we've even seen it just since when I've been with the company, you know, you can, um, you can certainly look at the sales track of that particular product. You know, you can look at things, you know, even on, you know, whether it be auto geek or Amazon or whatever it may be, you know, it's, it's fairly easy to see the trend line, if you will, on how products are doing, how they're, they're working in certain parts of the business. You know, you still got, and Marty, you know, this, um, you have your old school body shop guys that, uh, you know, you can't talk of a rotary out of their hand to save your life, no matter how good a sales guy you are. That's, that is what they're used to picking up and that's what they're going to pick up. And to me, that's where perfect finish just, just fits so well. Um, you know, you have to, a lot of times, you know, you can paint yourself into a corner. You know, we say so much about perfect finish in a rotary that you, you think that that's where, uh, that's where it's designed for originally, but it works just as well, in my opinion, uh, you know, with a forced rotation polisher that's, you know, we, we get, I think, you know, great results, especially with today's pads. You know, we've got an assortment of pads, but, you know, the new hybrid foam wool pads, uh, for example, and perfect finish to me is a kind of a beautiful marriage that uh, that works really well. So uh, to me, it's, it's the versatility of a product. And, you know, that's what's so important in what we do today. It's, it's, it's trying to find a product that, you know, that maybe it's a guy that wants to cut with a rotary and that's fine because certainly nothing cuts like a rotary. But, you know, to finish out with a, you know, either a forced rotation or a finisher, you know, that product will, will allow you some, some flexibility. And I think that's what people like about it. And I, I heard some of the, the early rumors of the reason why it blew up so heavy was because of Rupes and the yellow pad. Right. But I know that you guys are so good on flex and with the rotary. So any talk about, you know, when it really exploded and, and why, you know, that perfect finish, if nobody really uses a rotary anymore, is it mostly used? in the dual action setting? We certainly have, uh, you know, I don't know if it's 50-50 or whatever, but uh, like Jason said, you can get just as good results with, with that machine uh, with the perfect finish as you can. Uh, now, under a microscope, you may see a little bit different, but uh, uh, to be honest with you, what we when we saw uh, sales really starting starting to climb was Two or three years ago, we did some uh, TV uh, TV marketing and, and really pushed hard uh, perfect finish because we truly thought it was that good, you know, just from from our testing and our evaluations and feedback that we were getting. So we made a, a pretty good push one year, and that's really when we really saw the the spike. And and you mentioned earlier that you know it's a diminishing abrasive. So we learned last week that Sonax uh, has a headquarters um, next to a spot that they're the only ones that can mine a certain abrasive out of the ground. So is that abrasive used throughout the line and cut max and ultimate cut and then goes into perfect finish or what is it a different diminishing abrasive? It is a, it's different diminishing abrasive. So the reason that this is recommended for a rotary is the abrasives in it react differently. Um, it's a four six, so it's a it's a four cut and a six gloss. We have another product that's also a four six, which is 
EX0406, which is. Uh, okay, the, go ahead and say it. Go ahead and the, say the it. The biggest question we get is what is yeah. the difference? Because What's there the are sixes. Yeah. Truly. So EX, EX in Germany means what? Dual action or ex, ex, Excelsior or something like that, that. That basically means dual action or, um, you know, that action of, of, of rotating and, and spinning at the same time. So as I said last week, we're gonna take the, the yellow label with the yellow pad. So you're gonna have a dual action pad. And again, it's a four six. So I don't know if you can see that on there. It's a four cut and a six gloss. The number one question that we get is what's the difference between perfect finish, which is also a four six and EX0406, which is also a four six. Truly, it is nothing. It has nothing to do with anything outside of perfect finish is a little bit thicker. Um, so it both of them have the same work window. Both of them work exactly the same. The abrasives in perfect finish are a little bit different and they react a little bit differently uh, with the motions of a rotary. Yeah, well, I, would say, I would say it's I mean, just, just a little bit more oily too, right? A little bit more oily. Um some people think it has a little bit longer work window, but I, I don't. I don't see that, and I've asked our chemists that question as well too, and they they say it's um, there's nothing in it really that would that would make it have a little bit longer of a work window. Does that does that little bit of oiliness to it really is that what helps it with the the speed and the the heat and the rotation of a rotary? Having just a little bit of that oilness to it helps because you don't seem to get near as heavy. Jason, you mentioned, you know, heavy, uh, you know, swirl marks and stuff in the past. Like you can go over with a rotary and perfect finish and you can do it without getting swirl marks. Yeah. What a lot of people don't, don't understand. And, and, and I get it. I didn't for the longest time until I really got in a lab environment where we, you know, where you're creating these types of products. Um, you know, I fortunately uh, over my career, I've, I've had the opportunity to look through a lot of microscopes at, you know, uh, at these abrasive products, in particular, the diminishing abrasive uh, aluminum oxides, things of that nature that you're working with. And the, the science that goes into that is, is pretty amazing. It's, it's so much more than, than I had any clue about. But when you look at those, when you're creating a, a polish and a, and a compound, the design of those um, abrasives, they're, they're different in shape, depending on what you want to, how you want that product to finish. You, it may be a, a cylinder shape. It may be a diamond shape. It, it, they're actually, uh, when you're building those components, they are different shapes in order to get different results that you're after. And my guess is, and I've not, you know, had the opportunity in, in Germany to, and, and nor would they probably share that with me, but, uh, you know, do I know what the components are? My guess is, they, they are probably a different different makeup, uh, size and shape than probably 0406 for that rotary because you're generating more heat, obviously, with the rotary. Um, you know, typically speed. Uh, guys that buff, and, and we see it, you know, guys that, that buff with the rotary, they buff fast, man. I mean, they're typically body shop guys that are, you know, they want cut and they want it right now. So, you know, they're, they're not going to go DA or force rotation speed. I mean, let's face it, you know, and, and in particular, you know, you take a, you know, a guy that's a real professional detailer, you know, you, you guys, you know, probably have several on the, on the call right now, but you know, those guys will, you'll work five minutes on one little, 
one little one by one section, you know, in a, a body shop, it's a different environment, you know, they're production guys. And so, you know, you make products for those kinds of environment. Uh, I, I definitely say there's plenty that spend a little bit of time and there's plenty that, that blow through. I, there's no doubt when you, you take a rotary and I do this, I love to do it. If I got a, if I got a really, really rough vehicle that's been through the car wash quite a bunch or they, they've washed their own cells, you know, you got some of those heavy, you know, it's not, not those scratches, you know, that like they set a box on there and that, you know, they, you can see that where somebody sets something on their car and you can see those marks, right? I don't mean that, but like those long marks that maybe are from a car, wash, you know, maybe that top curtain that, that kind of come over and leave the drag mark all the way up. And if you do it enough years, you know, it kind of looks gray instead of black, or, you know, you can see some darkness in the, the white paint, right? I mean, there's a lot of that to it. And I, I feel I can go over with a rotary and buzz down a car and then come back and cut, you know, polish out my swirl marks faster than sitting there with the DA trying to do these little small sections, you know, at a time and really do a heavy cut and then I do another cut. And, you know, it just, a lot of times you're right. It's easier just to blow over a car. I want to go around the room real quick. Uh, who, who here's used perfect finish? I, I love perfect finish. Um, and you guys are talking about like mining the abrasives and, and, and all this shit. I think it's bullshit. I think there's somebody somewhere jerking off a unicorn <laughs> because it, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Not me. <laughs> so that's my question. Whose job is it to jerk off the unicorn? Rob, we need a hand check. How soft is that hand, huh? They're soft, soft and and, uh, one of them's got a few more blisters than the other. So (laughs) I'm actually the one that made the perfect finish a little more oily because I uh, I used that for my for my extra extra (laughs) (laughs) your your personal lube. (laughs) Oh my goodness! So yeah, I actually I just had um, a 2021 Sierra black for coating and. I did a one step on, I finished up late. I have scan grip lights and you know, all the good shit. And it looked great when I was tired. And the next day I, I pull up and with the garage door open, the sun was beaming off the, the tailgate and it looked like shit. It looked like complete shit. And I was like, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. Cause I, it was going to take so long to redo the whole truck. I grabbed the, the softest pad. I had something to, like to apply glazes or whatever. Um, and I, I used perfect finish and it, it came out amazing. Yeah. yeah, definitely on those GM soft paints, using that soft, soft pad. You can, I, I've even cut uh, a GMC paint. I've cut it with a soft polishing pad. Yeah, yeah. I was, was going to say that, uh, I don't know if you guys saw that, the, I did a black uh, C8 the other day. It was brand new. And the guy was like, yeah, you know, they're not that bad. And the same thing, I'd use the white pad with, with perfect finish and... Uh, that was the only thing that was working. Like it was weird. And some some paints on the newer Corvettes are like, it's, I guess they're okay, but it had all these sandy marks in the back, right where the stingray is on the back of the of the um, where the trunk hit, or sorry, the engine covers the engines at the back now. Yeah. And uh, that was the only thing that was working. I had to use the white pad with um, perfect finish, and it would come out perfect. And then I was just like, damn. But it was funny to hear you guys say that about the fact that like. It's not when you have EXO4 because I I've used the EXO4 and I just I prefer I feel like it works better in my opinion when using it perfect finish as far as it being more oily I just to me it just works better so and when you heard, I heard you say that I was like oh really like because like to me it seems oilier 
it seems to work better. You can kind of like really work into the paint. And I was just like, I like it. I like it better. I don't know. Yeah. I, the same way. I mean, I, I've been using the perfect finish to cut max for, I think, four years now. And sometimes it's just a combination of, you know, pads. It might be, you know, depending on how bad that the, the, the swirls are, I might go with a purple pad for it's like a spider, spider pad with the, or uh, the yellow pad, white pad for the perfect finish. That perfect finish. It, I mean, it's, it's, it is aptly named. Uh, and I've always used the DA. I haven't, I haven't used the rotary with that. And I've always had success with, with both of those in conjunction with each other. But that perfect finish on its own, I could do so much that, you know, it's, it's my go-to. Yeah, it speaks volumes about the versatility. When I, I didn't realize it was, it was designed for rotary. So when you're saying you can cut with rotary and then you can also finish GM black paint with it, that's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it, it, I think all of you guys have said it in one way or another, but it is very versatile. And, and Jason said it earlier. Uh, you know, we've got some customers that will use it with a with a hybrid wool pad on a light colored car, and it'll cut out those you know those uh, small scratches, but it finishes out so well. And with the hybrid wool pad, it's it's crazy when you say you can use this as a one step using a wool pad that people think you're crazy, but they'll they'll call or email back and say you're exactly right but you know the ideal thing is to use a, a green pad or a medium just a medium medium pad with that product um and it, it just finishes out so nice and um and quick that's the thing that i really like about it so rob um you know as we learned last week there was somebody applying a little bit too much product um, you know, with the oily, just a little bit of that oiliness and perfect finish. I definitely, when I've used perfect finish over EX, uh, I've definitely seen a little bit more sling. So there's no doubt that I think when people apply perfect finish, how much, right? Let's go back over that. Like how much should they apply? Well, we talked about that last week. Once your pad is, is, is prepped and you know, you've got good coverage on your pad. It literally is it really is no more than three or four pea sized drops. And that's, you know, that's good enough to do, you know, half a panel to, to a full panel. And what I mean by that is. Yeah, there's little dots. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, we talked about it last week. It, it is water-based, so it's a long work window. Um, one of the things we talked about last week is when you hit black trim and, you know, you have that that beast of a job to get that off of that black trim. There were a couple of people that emailed me that uh, said they wanted to call bullshit last week. And they went out and they <laughs> they actually did it. And they were like, son of a bitch, you are exactly right. It comes right off. So, <laughs> Hey, listen, I, I've said that for years once I started using it. And then I see trainers and different people that, have, I mean, go through extensive videos showing how much they tape. And I just go the fuck are you taping your damn car for like there's just there's so much Dude. better products that would save you time like why would you keep doing yeah. the same thing over and over uh brandon thanks for hopping on do you use perfect finish or do you use ex04 i use the ex04 oh uh, why uh you don't sell perfect 
Yeah, I got I got to get perfect finish up on the app, don't I? You see, because I started using EX so much myself personally, and I didn't use perfect finish. I mean, I I personally like EX over perfect finish. I I'm a you know, Kevin, you're a cut max to perfect finish. I'm a cut max to EX guy. Like that's I I I listen to the Germans. I obey their EX. You know, like <laughs> I, I just didn't know about the the EX. I, I just I had started with the perfect finish, and it's one of those. You know, you can be inundated with so many different products out there, and, and it's like, well, this ain't broke. I'm not going to fix it. But yeah. you know, now that I hear that that EX is specifically designed for DAs, maybe I will take a look at that in a different light. I mean, Rob, Jason, should we see any difference? I mean, I don't think so, right? Like, but some people just say that perfect finish just puts on a better shine. They're just there's a lot of people that just say perfect finish is better. You know, I think it's with anything you become loyal to what works, and a lot yeah. of times it's what you use first. You know, so I mean, very rarely do we ever hear anybody that says, you know, I started with perfect finish and then I went to EX, or I started with EX, then I went to perfect finish. Very rarely do we ever hear anybody that has switched from one to the other. It's like they try it for the first time, they fall in love with it, and that's what they stay with. Yeah, I, I, I tell people to try it. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, we're, you know, we're, we're in a business where, you know, we, hell, we sell over 200 SKUs of detail products, and we all know it takes about nine to clean a car, right? So uh, you do that for a reason. And the reason is, is because, trust me, we would love not to because it would save us a hell of a lot of money in the end of the day. But you know, I mean, what I like, Marty may not like, Rob may not like. So, uh, you know, I would tell you that, you know, it depends on how fast you work, depends on how much pressure you apply, depends on what speed you run. You know, it's there's so many variables to uh, something like that. I tell people to try it and see which one you like. You know, at the end of the day, it's, uh, uh, you know, we sell this stuff. We have small samples in four ounces, you know, that we can uh, provide you guys. But it's, you know, again, I would say try it and see which one you like. And, you know, I would also say, you know, if you do try it, try it on the same vehicle, the same paint, because, you know, if you try one on one vehicle and then one on the other, you know, you may very well have different results based on the, you know, what you're doing with in the paint. So, you know, and, and I think Kevin mentioned it earlier and, you know, being a, a product manager for so many years, it, it plays a, a just a ginormous factor. Uh, a name, frankly, plays a huge difference. I mean, having the name Perfect Finish versus 0406. Hell, who knows? You know, right? I mean, at the end of the day, who knows what 0406 is if you didn't know? You know the name, hey, perfect finish. Well, that sounds good. And, you know, at the end of the day, when you're, you know, let's say you're selling it online, people would would gravitate a lot more towards a name perfect finish than they would a, a product 0406. And that does play a huge factor in things. All right, so let's open it up to questions around the two products. Uh, you know, Brandon, if, if you've only used DX0406, you know, any questions about that product or anybody want to take a moment to to ask anything technique-wise or uh, product-wise for, for DX0406 or Perfect Finish? Yeah, I'd like to know a little bit more about the pads because, again, you say the green pad. Was that a, is that a sonic screen pad or is that – is green a standard in the industry as far as uh, grit? I wish, I, right? Yeah. <laughs> if, if there could be one request, it would be that every pad company uses the same colors, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would, yeah. it would just make it a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. that'll never happen. Never, never happen, never happen. Happen, no. but I agree with you. It would be so awesome when somebody says, you know, I, I used the, 
a white pad and, and I've got to go back in my Rolodex and go, okay, yeah. white, what, yeah. all those kinds of things. So yeah, we, uh, we actually bring in all of our pads uh, from Sonax and mm. uh, we talked a little bit about it last week. So the color of the label matches. So the predominant color on the label matches, mm. matches the pad. So we've got a, a, a rotary pad here with perfect finish. This is how, uh, this is how the Germans, kind of make us all go crazy here because as we talked about you can use it with either machine but they're going to say you have to use this pad so yeah. we go to ex and of course we've got a dual action pad predominantly yellow a yellow pad yeah well it's it's tough to tell from the from the image you know and again root best does the same thing their pads you know like how does the root best green pad which i think is kind of coarse compared to the Sonic screen pad. It, I don't the the Sonic doesn't look like it has that grid, more like the yellow Rupes pad. Yeah, I mean, you know, pads are, as a general rule, I will say, and I, I preference saying it, as a general rule, green is normally your, your medium pad. And that's with a lot of companies, whether, you know, throwing some names out, Buff and Shine, Lake Country, um, High Tech, SM Arnold, you know, those are, those are kind of some of your, your bigger dogs out there. Typically, green it would be a, a medium polishing pad. So that that is somewhat of a standard there, uh, if you want to call it such a thing. But you know, and you guys covered this, I'm sure. You know, pads are are rated off of what they call PPI, which is pores per square inch. Co correct. So the 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 tighter the pore, um, then that that's going to be more of a of a polishing pad. So that the tighter, you know, as you look at the pad and you try to pull, you know, the sections apart. If those sales are extremely tight, they're going to be your polishing. And I don't, I, I was, unfortunately, I missed the call last week. So I, you guys may have covered a lot of that information. But uh, uh, again, the, the, the quality of the pad um, will, will vary, you know, based on really the manufacturer. You know, there's, there's overseas foam, there's U.S. foam. And yes, there is a pretty big quality difference. Uh, you know, you can get on, you know, Alibaba and get pads for little or nothing, but the quality of foam is awful. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to Rob's point earlier, when he, when he showed, you know, the, the, the three drops, you know, a lot, what happens is, 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 as those pores in the pad get stopped up with product or gets saturated, um, you know, they don't work nearly as effective. Right. Um, and of course, foam is very absorbent. You know, if you've ever pushed it up against your glass on your windshield to see how much product you have in your pad, uh, it, it'll quickly tell you that you, know, you probably have a very saturated pad. People have a tendency to way overuse product. Mm -hmm. All right, Jason, that might be an old school trick that not too many people know about. So walk us through that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So one of the things, you know, number one, people, you know, we people used to maintain wool pads easily. You know, they'd have a, a spur, you know, and you sit it on the ground and, and turn your rotary or screwdriver. You know, hell, we've all done that. So you shot a screwdriver into your partner's <laughs> leg and so, uh, you know, spurs is what you typically should use. He's done it. <laughs> uh, Kevin, have it. you done that? I have done that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's better to put it into that than have it go in the right way and have it go into your nuts. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, so, you know, Derek, you, uh, Jason, Jason, hold on, Derek, we need a goddamn God, God damn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jason, go ahead. 
All right. So, um, you know, again, people maintain their wool pads uh, pretty regular just because, you know, number one, I think the reason people maintain their wool pads so well is because is you can see it. You yeah. know, visually, you can see a wool pad when it starts to mat itself, right? As it starts as the, the pile, if you will, in the, on the wool starts to, you know, starts to get tight. And, you know, you've saturated with product and you need to fluff that back up. Well, you can't see that, you know, on a, on a foam pad, right? So you don't necessarily know uh, when you want to hit this. But, you know, what you want to do is, you know, is, is take, um, you know, there's several different methods uh, to, to cleaning these out. But one of the things, you know, that, you know, an old school test is, you know, after you buff uh, several panels, number one is if you notice that pad starting to stay open uh, for, for a long time, meaning, um, you, you know, you can work that product for a much longer time. And then you start to see it building up on the surface of the, of the, the vehicle surface then you probably have, have overloaded. That pad is, is ready to be clean. You know, the, uh, typically what most people will do is push it against their, their windshield. And, you know, if you leave a, a lot of dampness and product in that circle, uh, which you press, then that pad needs to be cleaned out. Uh, it's got way too much product in it. And, what, and if you looked at this again, I mean, we're talking about, you know, looking through magnifying or, you know, through scopes at a microscopic level, you know, when you look at these pores, they're, they're, they're going to get um, product compressed in them. And the more product that's in there, it's not going to allow it to work as, as well as it should. So, and that does a lot of different things as far as heat, as well as, um, you know, how it's going to polish itself out. So you, you got to keep those things cleaned out. The, the interesting part is the pressing against the glass. I, I'm just telling you, there, there's, there's so many people that will listen. They go, oh, shit, that makes sense. <laughs> right. But that's an old school trick that nobody, I didn't, nobody's ever said it on the podcast. I would say that most people have never even heard of it. Derek, you're shaking your head. You haven't heard it. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a cool little trick to kind I'm, of figure I'm out if you got too much product in your pad. Derek, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, I never, that's, I've never thought of that. That's such a good idea. I mean, sometimes I'll, I'll push it against like a panel. I'm going to get, I'm getting ready to do to kind of see, but I've never thought of doing it on the, on the glass. That makes sense. Yeah. Jason, why the glass? Oh, because it, it'll show everything. I mean, it literally, if you've got too much product in your pad, you can, you know, you guys have seen those paint markers where you kind of stamp stuff. That's kind of what it looks like. Everywhere where you hit that, that piece of glass, you're going to have a five and a half, six and a half inch circle of product all over your glass. And that just tells you you've got way too much product. I mean, and it's not going to work nearly as effective um, as, as a clean pad. You're going to work that product much longer than you would otherwise. And, yeah. and, and the other thing too, is once you're done with the car, you could literally just go back around with your polisher and go hit all those spots on your glass. Listen, I, I usually polish my glass anyway. I'll use the leftover product that's in my pad and I'll run over glass because whether you left a little bit of watermarks from the washing that maybe it dried and you missed a little, like some chamois marks or you don't ever know, like it's so much easier to clean glass with polish and you just hit it real quick and then wipe it off and your glass is clean. You're good. You're done. So that's, that's a great little thing is, as, as people go around the car, they can just keep pressing it against the glass to figure out if they got too much product. And then when they're done with the car, buzz right back around all that glass, take care of all the product. You've cleaned your windows too. Especially if it's water-based. Yeah. Only. <laughs> 
Yeah, you're right. I think some of the ad for that on those pads too, as far as cleaning them, that's important. He, he, he talked about, uh, you know, the, those pads start to heat up and as they heat up, it really distorts that pad and all, and it, it will really shorten the life of the pad if you don't continue to clean them. So the two minutes it takes, I, I don't know what you guys use. They use a tornado or on, on a air hose and I just blow it out, um, you know, before swapping them out after a while. But yeah, that's that heat can really that destroys those pads in no time. Yeah, it's a great yeah. point. All right. Yeah, hey, they, Vinny, they thanks for hop, hopping on, man. Uh, any questions about uh, Sonax uh, Perfect Finish or EX04? Nah, I'm just listening right now. Um, I actually just picked it up. I, I did use it on a cart um, like two days ago. It's easy, easy finish. Really, really worked well. I mean, I like the clarity and gloss I got out of it. How was that user experience so, with not a lot of dusting and, you know, being able to easily wipe it off? Yeah, that's probably what I like the most is um, I was mobile and it wasn't a sunny day, but it was cloudy. And normally, you know, you do have kind of trouble where like I can only do uh, so much at one time, but it was so easy to use that I forgot I was even outside. Like it was it was easy, even in that application, which is pretty good because polish and can be tough sometimes yeah you're right you're right yeah especially and i like that it's easy i like that we talked about gm black because that scares me and i have one coming up and i am nervous about that a little bit listen i'm, I'm telling you, you sonax know, knowing that i have something like that sonax and gm black playing good well uh, just watch your pads. That's it's actually why I came out with our soft paint pad system was because I got my ass kicked too many times by that GMC black. So, you know, we, we came out with a pad system specifically for soft paint. And when I did, uh, I did the GMC, was it two weeks ago? I used our blue pad. Uh, we used cut and finish. I one stepped a GMC black truck and then coated it unheard of years ago unheard of one stepping gm black paint unheard of but but you could use cut and finish or you could use perfect finish and uh and one step a, a gm black no no problem it's a good segue marty for uh, a little cut and finish uh for those of you that have not seen it or or used it before but it is a fantastic one step uh it's a five five so it cuts at a five and glosses out at a five. So you're going to get a little more cut, uh, but a little less gloss. But for a one-step polish, it's it's really, really good. All right. So we haven't talked about that, and I want to jump into it. Be before we do, I want to hop over to Cody real quick and see if Cody had any questions. Hear me? Yep. Cool. Uh, no questions, really. I've been working on a car back here, finished – finished up coding it just a second ago, but uh, just kind of been listening in. Um, I did get the samples that Rob had sent me, so I'm excited to use those specifically on boat gel coat. Uh, but the one thing I just wanted to say was cleaning foam pads. So I watched a video from Ivan LaCroix that advised against using compressed air to clean foam pads and that it can damage the cell structure of the pad. So I've been trying to stray away from doing that uh, and using my Lake Country System X 4000 uh, to clean pads. And it's really been working great, but 
I just thought I'd throw that out there for anyone that's using compressed air. Um, it could potentially ruin the longevity of your pad or the life of it. So, um, that, that's an interesting point. No, I appreciate that. Why don't we on a community pub, let's start talking pads. And I think a, one whole segment would be interesting on just cleaning pads. I think that would be, uh, I think that would be interesting for, yeah, for talking back and forth to see who cleans pads in which way. And that is interesting. I haven't heard because I also used air. I think a lot of people use air. So interesting. Uh, Mr. LaCroix uh, chose that route. So uh, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Let's have a segment on that. Let's, let's definitely do it. Okay, Rob, let's dive into cut and finish. Um, about what a year and a half, two years ago. It's a very relatively new product. Uh, if not even a year, right? Like it's, it's very new. Um, for me, I guess you're shaking your head like I'm wrong. So are you, I no, let me believe stop it or not, speaking. We introduced it at SEMA three years ago, maybe even four years ago now. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's um, a relatively new uh, addition to the line. But uh, it is it's it's really gaining some traction as well too as a one step. So. Um, and and that might be why I hadn't heard of it, right? Because. Let's, let's go back four years ago. Who did yeah. one steps? Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we introduced that at SEMA. People looked at us like we were, like we had lost our minds, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. You, it was the, the market, the way the yeah. industry. Sorry, guys. I got to run. I got to go to our board meeting here. No so. problem. Thanks, Thanks for everything, Kevin. guys. Great Kevin. Meeting. See you next week. See you, man. Thanks for hopping on. Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, Okay, where was I? Uh, yeah, so everybody was in extensive corrections. Everybody was in, you got to do one, two, three, four, five steps a lot of times. Uh, there was a, there's, you know, there was a post today, which is, uh, you don't see very often. Most everybody has moved towards speed, which Jason, I think we can appreciate that. Old school motherfuckers, we can appreciate speed. Uh, it, the, the industry got real slow for the past years, but it seems to be ramping up and speed and efficiency is dramatically growing massive importance so that you can get a car instead of, we've heard of people keeping cars four or five days over the last years. Now people are needing cars out in the same day. So why should somebody use cut and finish in that circumstance? Well, I think it all boils down to the, the chemistry behind the products, you know, when I first started almost 10 years ago, it was, you know, most everything was three-step process. Now, if you tell somebody you either use three steps, they look like, look at you like you've lost your mind. You know, now people, if I can't get it done in two steps, then, you know, I want to find something that does. And cut and finish allows you to do it uh, in one step. Now you're not going to quite get the gloss. You might get a little more cut than you would if you were to, to use some of the others as a one step. Um but you're not going to get that gloss on the, on the back end. Uh, but very, very few people are even going to know what the difference is. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think you know, if you pick out and detailers as, as they know their paints and should know uh, their, their pads, they can take a pad and just, you know, depending on what paint system, what that clear coat is, then use a correct pad and on cut and finish. You are correct. There's some paint systems that you listen, it just doesn't finish down. 
You know, it just, it just doesn't, it leaves a little bit of haze to it. Um, but it is what it is. You, you, you know, you, you find the right pad, you can do what you need to do. When, when we're going over on a one step, how do you guys recommend as far as, you know, I have found that instead of going like traditional, you know, do this box and do this up and down and side to side, I found with cut and finish that if I'll just sit and I won't move it around, I'll just let it sit and then just go super slow. I mean, I'll get a 90 something plus percent correction if I use the right pad in the right, uh, you know, paint system. And I'll have, I'll have cut out 90%, literally, unless there's a deep scratch that would have needed to be sanded or a cut max or an ultimate cut or something to get down, down deeper. All of your car wash scratches, all your marring, all that stuff is all gone. And I'm ready to coat. I'm ready to, to put on a, a protectant for for majority of a lot of paint systems. So what's the difference in cut and finish than your perfect finish and your EX0406? It's all about abrasive technology. So to your point, the abrasive breakdown of the product of that product does take a little bit longer because you're 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 gonna get a little more cut. So the abrasive technology that that's contained in that uh, the abrasive just takes longer to break down. So as we talked about last week, just, just take a piece of sand and that's not breaking down into powder nearly as quickly as, you know, some of the others that have a, a less cut, like a perfect finish or an EX or, or a nano or something like that. So you are right from a, from a speed standpoint, the abrasive in that product just doesn't break down as quickly. All right. Which, you know, a longer work, a longer cut window, um, you know, and, and maybe about the same time, same type type of window uh, from a gloss out standpoint. I wonder if that's a product, Brandon, wasn't you that last week said that you've gone over the, the paint by you just chained it out pads and you just keep going over the paint with the, the product already still on the, on the paint. Is that, was that you? Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it was, a brand surfaces uh, taught me that when I went to their training for their coatings. Yeah. I wonder if, uh, if cut and finish would be one of those Rob, where you go over it with your, you know, a medium type pad. And then while the product's still on there, you just come over with a polish pad just to almost get it off. I wonder if you can begin to reinvigorate those, that little bit of uh polish that might not have all the way broken down and go over the paint. I don't know. It's just, it's a theory. It's a thought. Could be. I'll test it for you, man. I'll test it for you. <laughs> I, think I, do, I think that I have asked that question to our chemist before, and I never really get a, uh, a solid answer. It's not what they recommend. Oh, hell no. It ain't going to be. It's no, not, absolutely not. Don't, Jason, cover your ears, man. Cover your ears. It makes perfect sense. I mean, my way of thinking is you might be diluting that first cut if you if you have nothing but a polish on that paint and you you know you come back over it with something with a diminishing abrasive it may it may dilute that abrasive a little bit because you are adding more polish to the to the area right so that's what i'm saying if if uh under brandom situation just come back with a different pad to kind of remove it was okay jason do you remember did you ever see the old school guys that would wipe uh 
this was always, this is the most interesting part of detailing that always I did not understand. We go through and take compound and wipe on the paint and then come with the rotary to remove it. And that's how they were, you know, cutting the paint and, and using it. Did you ever see that? Oh yeah. Yeah. We saw it. I mean, it, it happened a lot and you know, that's primarily back when, you know, you used a lot of clay based products, you know, that my God, you know, they smelled like pine saw or, you know, something you clean your floor with at the house, you know, that was in the formula. They typically separated. They were a little bit of biphasic, uh, if you will, where you had your, you know, dang near sand in the, in the bottom, you know, heavily based clay they would put on. And primarily, you know, a lot of folks were doing that, obviously, because they, it slung so bad, right? And it powdered over everything on that car. And it weighed and, uh, pounds. Yeah, exactly. Thing, right? Yeah, when you had a gallon, it weighed, yeah, to Rob's point, 15 pounds. So, you know, I think that's why they did it for the most part, because it, it contains so much solvent. You know, number one, you couldn't use it in today's market just for VOC standards. But, uh, but secondly, the solvent evaporated so quickly that, uh, you know, we never recommended customers to do that matter of fact we you know have always been sticklers i don't have to do that now see in my in my new world everything's water-based um but you know for you guys that you know and hopefully you're not but if let's say you are still using solvent-based products you know you have to you know you have to keep the little the little cap on your wax bottle and and you know to make sure because that you know if you don't think that solvent evaporates you know take some adhesive remover or you know, something that you're using and, and leave the cap off of it for a day, take a Sharpie and mark it and come back and it'll be about an inch down in, at the end of the day. So that's no different than the solvent that's used in compounds and polishes and by some companies and that stuff does evaporate. And, and I can tell you for a hundred percent fact, they're not in there just to, you know, charge you guys more money. They're in there for a reason. And if they evaporate out, they will dramatically affect how your products perform. So you know, we're fortunate on the Sonex side, we don't have that issue. You know, the, the water-based technology to me is far superior than, than solvent. And I, I say that um, in, in all honesty. Hey, honesty is the best policy, no doubt. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Hey, Nick, uh, what's cooking with Nick look like on that pizza and shrimp? Are we getting anywhere on it? You know, it's too good, so I ate it all before I showed you. Oh, God, come on, man. Well... So I'm going to make up for it. I don't know how much longer we're going to last, but I put some lemon bars in the oven and they're baking right now. Be about 20 lemon minutes before they're done. I figured I'll easily make it up to you. I ate the pizza too quick. You better um, show us the lemon bars. Yeah, you better show us the lemon They're baking right now. Then, all right, fine. All right. Yeah, go show us go. the. Yeah, you got to get some kind of show. Yeah, we got to see something there. They're mm. baking. So they don't look mm. like they don't look like much right now, but they're they're baking. Oh, um, was that a little hasty I, bake? It's a it's a air fryer oven, but I gotta take my time while I'm on the air. The Sonax guys, I gotta ask you a, a question here. So, uh oh, you can see the Tesla team. I am the one of the lead detailers for the Tesla team in Nashville, and we use a lot of Meguiar's products and stuff like that, but. You mentioned that Perfect Finish has a really good one-step capability. Marty even said it worked on GM Black really well, something I also have a good bit of experience with. How does it work with Tesla Black? Yeah, I mean, Tesla 
Tesla black clear coat is is probably right there with GMC yeah. black, man. You're absolutely right. Rob, go if ahead. I'll let one, you take if it can one step Tesla black and I can get some in my hand, which is no problem at all for me, uh, there's some potential. Nick, if it works as good as what we have, then I can get that up there and I'll Nick, see what we can do with it. Nick, the email is rob at Sonax USA. <laughs> Already people have gotten okay. their samples. You heard it a second ago. So anybody that listens, send Rob at Sonax USA or now Jason at Sonax USA. <laughs> oh boy. I'm, I'm so mad I missed last week. Right, you know Damn, there we go. It's Jay Abney at Sonax USA. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But the question is. Can it one step as well as I'm hoping it can um, with with Tesla Black and other companies' pads? Typically, a Rupes Yellow or Rupes White or Rupes White is what we use. That's typically just what works with with what we have. Can it finish down with those on Tesla Black? That's my question. Send me your uh, contact or send me your shipping address, and I'll send you out a sample tomorrow. Deal. Marty, uh, wait, what is your, I'm going to email, I'm going to email you. I'll, email. I'll text it to you, Nick. It's yeah, Rob, is Rob at SonaxUSA.com. But yeah, I'll, I'll text down. it over to you. No worries. <laughs> Rob at Sonax what? USA. All right. I'm going to text, I'm going to email you for my personal email instead of my work email. Cause there's, there's a weird filter involved with that, but. No, later. I'll email you Here, my personal email and I will text you address. Here, here's the deal. I'm going to send you a sample tomorrow. If it works and you like it, we need two lemon in our office. Do what? We need oh. two. <laughs> Dude, you're, you're cutting out on me. Seriously. Yeah, it's cutting out. No, I heard, no, I heard he said. <laughs> if, I'm going to send you a sample tomorrow. If you like it, Two lemon bars got to come to Sonax USA office. That, yeah, oh. I'm like, that's all I because I already said the first. Time. Oh. I don't know if I can. If Nick, I can, you got to save some now. Nick, hold on, you can't but say I, I don't know. No, you Nick, can't say Nick, I don't Nick, know. Get the, get, get the Tupperware out, man. Cut some. Yeah, off, you got to get the Tupperware out. out, man. Get it ready. Put it in the fridge. I'm telling you, man, you're gonna like. <laughs> if I like it, I'll relay it to the uh, to the detailers in the region. See it. And see what they think. Nick, no, you gotta save some lemon bars. <laughs> okay, Nick. I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah, fine. you got. I mean, come you on, send them the, a lemon you, bar, man. You can get that fancy glass Tupperware. I'll send you a homemade recipe of them. <laughs> oh no, no, don't no, no, that's make terrible. Work. Don't All make right, here's the deal. We don't want to cook them, man. I'm gonna send you the recipe to this. There you go. Oh, <laughs> deal. <laughs> Deal. Oh, no. I'll take it, man. All Text right, me Nick. that stuff, Marty. All right. I like no, it. Nick. I like it. Yes, I'll get it out tomorrow. I appreciate it. Just, just put those lemon bars in some tinfoil and Tupperware, man. You'll be good to go. And then get it shipped out. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. The box that he sends you that in, just hit return to sender. I just throw those lemon <laughs> bars in, man. You're good. You're good. I could. All right, Derek, is it time? It's time. Uh, yeah, All right. it's time. Uh, Rob, you missed out last week on this. Jason, we did it especially for you. 
Uh, this is the tab out question of the night because many a times in Jason's former life, I've been at the bar with them late. It's two o'clock at night. Jason's usually the drunk guy at the end of the bar asking crazy questions. And uh, this might have been one of the questions that he asked. So, uh, Derek, go for it. All right, guys. Bit of a crazy one, uh, but it's got a lighter side at the end. Don't worry. So, you don't have to pick crazy one. But so um, it's the purge. Who's the first person <laughs> you're, you're going to go after? It can be someone on the pub night or. What's the one car that you would melt down after you've done detail? That you you know the car's done, and you're like, listen, melt it. I'm done. I'm done with this car. So but you gotta pick one or the other. Yeah, mine's GM Black. I'm, I got that one. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Duh. You know the one uh, the one that we probably get more calls or complaints on uh, is. Um, 2003 2004 Subaru mm. uh, extremely extremely hard um, we always we always say try ultimate cut with the uh, with the hybrid wool pad and and uh, they usually call back and they usually either respond bingo or found the solution or you know something along those lines all right Abney you know, if, if we uh, if we skip over uh, boats or marine, because um, that's a different uh, different animal. Because I get we get a lot of calls on those. Those are a different animal, as we all know. Um, mine's probably GM as well. I mean, I have to to, to kind of jump in the the same band, bandwagon as as Marty. I mean, we get a lot of calls, you know, on uh, GM type products, Escalades, Tahoes, uh, you know, those types of things. I know. Uh, Toyotas, uh, Tundras, uh, in particular, sometimes are a bear. You know, they, they still use some single stage paint on a lot of their white vehicles, uh, in particular. And, uh, so we get, and I think, uh, and I have seen it personally, I think from the factory, I've seen, if you get it in the right light, uh, they're blotchy. Uh, you'll see a lot of, of tremendous highs and lows. I, I can't believe they haven't had a recall on it, quite frankly, because if you get on, you know, Google and do some searches, it's all over the place on how blotchy the paint is. And um, so Tundras would probably be another one that, uh, you know, if I had my choice, that would be one that I would burn down. All right. Good call. Thank you. Uh, Brandon Shawshank. I hear you guys on GM. Definitely. Um, actually, Perfect Finish helped me a lot with that on a few of them. But I found uh, Porsche Black Paint just gloss black paint is just as hard as GM paint. It's a pain in the ass. <laughs> so that's definitely the one I would want to melt. All right, Nick. Is it the Tesla model six model three? Man, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I have not yet encountered a paint where I can't cut enough where it comes out. You know, I, I'm so used to polishing stupid soft paint all the time. I know when to, okay, screw this polisher. I'm just going to wet sand with a hard catch K block in 3000 and get this over with and, and not put too much heat in the panel. But I, I'm yet to see a paint. I'm young. I'm 22. I'm yet to see a paint where I, where I can say, all right, this is too much for me. I, I can't, I don't know what to do here. Except for a, a super, super, super hard Porsche bumper that had been resprayed. 
some aftermarket paint was stupid hard on it and I, I couldn't cut it at all. Um, but if we're, if we're not talking about paint and we're talking about interiors, I'm going to burn down the early 2000 Hyundai cars with that impossible carpet because you can get oh, whatever yes. you want. You can get whatever tool you want. I don't care what you have. You have the fast, the craziest Tornador. You have the best air compressor. You have the best extractor. Go at this for four hours and that family's come back from a, a Gulf Shores vacation with sand in the carpet. Sorry, you're not making your money on your detail. You're just not. Yeah, it's just out. impossible. You can't do it. That Mazda carpet ain't much better. Oh, no, that the old Mazda carpet's trash. Old burlap, as I the, the new stuff, like 2014, 15 plus, it's all right. The Teslas are similar. You get too much stuff in them, they turn into a possible carpet, but you can work with a little bit, but that, that new, all newer carpet past like what I've seen, like 2013, 14, been pretty good. But that old 2000s Hyundai burnt out. Oh, God, dude. You'd have to shoot me before I do another one. Seriously. <laughs> I cannot do another one. Good answer. Good answer. Derek, what's yours? Um, This is probably going to be a little bit an unpopular opinion, but the newer, that new Corvette I did, I, I, I like the car, but I, at the end of the day, I was like, I couldn't fit in it because I was I'm a little bit taller, but the paint was so weird on it. Like I've done, you know, Camaros in the same color that, that, that just jet black and they seemed easy to work on, but it was three inch city on the whole damn car. And I just was like at the end of the, and then it, it was just a bad circumstance where my, my uh, top up that I had broke and I was just, it was just hot and the paint was hot and everything was hot. And I was just like, you know what? I can just melt this car down. I'll be okay. But you know, that's that recently. That's the only thing I've been like, Gah. but I, I, that's a grief, Nick, uh, older Hyundai's. No, no. All right. Brandon from Tim's. After the, uh, model Y Tesla's, because those doors are <laughs> stupid. The stupidest design. Somebody needs to be model fired X. for that. Or model right. X, you know? whatever. There you go. Whatever it is. Learning. The Model X. Yeah, there you go. Nick, That's yeah, how much I, I hate it. I, I can't even call it the right thing. That's how much I hate Nick, that. Nick, I, I, I might have to Dude. change mine too because I do right. one of those two. Right. The same thing. Right. I was just like, damn, who made these doors? All right. I'm going to Elon needs every... to fire. Elon's got to fire somebody. That was a terrible design. Yeah, you're right. I'm not even going to lie there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for anybody that wants to know how to clean the windows on a Model X, I was telling Brandon this the other day. Sit in the seat, hit the button to close the door, wait till it gets right in front of your knees and hit it again, and it stops. And your window is literally eight inches in front of your face. It's right here. Do your thing and get out. For paint, I can't help you. Good luck. <laughs> paint hasn't been too bad. I did a couple of black model, uh, model uh, hey. uh, what's that? Model uh, threes. They're not too bad. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to say the newest. The newest ones, like the latest, I don't know, maybe six months. The black paint has been so much better than than it has been previously. Yeah, we used to have you know serious issues with the red, and we've always had issues with the black. But mm. lately, it's been pretty good. I'm not gonna lie, it's been normal. Cool. <laughs> All right, let's jump over so, to Cody. Cody, what's uh, what's the vehicle that you're burning down? It's either a vehicle or a person, right? Yeah, it could be a person. 
I'll be honest. I don't think I'm coming after anyone on the pub. I'd probably be trying to team up with you guys. But um, as far Thank as you goes, yeah, of course. I, I wouldn't <laughs> want to come after you and kill any of y'all. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. As far as a vehicle, I was thinking the worst thing I've encountered, uh, GM Black is bad, but I didn't think it was as horrible as people told me. Uh, but it'd be soft Subaru paint, like early to mid 2000s. Mm. Uh, finishing down on Subaru paint. All right. There's some Subi owners that aren't too happy with you because they love their rice burner action, but you know. <laughs> I get it. I'm thankful. I get it. Uh, all right, Vinny. Um, I don't, I'm going to stir away from paint as an issue. The last car I did, I scheduled it on a Saturday, which I don't like to work on Saturdays, but did it. And then they moved me. They asked me if I could get it done by 3.30 on a Friday. I had a car in before that. And I said, yeah, I'll do it because I knew them because it wasn't that bad. And it was a mom car. And I thought after like the 20th piece of gum and jelly beans that I steamed off the carpet that I wouldn't find any, but I found about 25 more. I got it done by 3.30, but it was like, God, you put a time limit on a car that wasn't that bad in quotes. And I was ready to melt it when I was done, but got the job done. Dude, I don't blame you. I don't blame yeah. you. Not as well. Yeah, those aren't fun. Those aren't nah, fun. It wasn't fun. Not, not, a terrible, not a terrible hard job, but just you know, tedious after like how I couldn't, I couldn't believe I could find more gum in a car, but Hey, whatever. We got it's it better done. than I didn't know I could find more needles. Those are no, oh, that would be worse. you know, I'm thankful. I'm in the country. We don't have many Teslas rolling around here. We're more lifted trucks. So I don't have to worry about that paint yet. So <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it was that Tesla owners were had all the needles. That's what I thought you were saying. Needles are bad. All right, I, I I gotta say, I'm just happy nobody said they were gonna kill someone in the pub. That was I was a little worried. I was like, oh no, like what's gonna happen? <laughs> Everyone said they would melt some cars. That's good. Yeah, it is good. It I'm is glad good. It wasn't, I'm glad it wasn't Jason or I. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jason, man, I know you got to get back to the hotel. You're ready to get back there, uh, so we'll, we'll we'll let you roll. Thanks for hopping on, man. We appreciate you and appreciate the time that you spent. A lot of great information. Not too many people understand that some of the tricks that you gave out from being around for so long. So thank you so much, man. I, I really do appreciate the time that you, you had to come on, Rob. Thanks for, uh, thanks for taking that uh, hook and bringing them in, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> How, uh, I, I'm, I just quick question. How many, do we have anybody on the, on the pub tonight that's coming to the uh, Southern Detailers Conference by chance? Crickets. Yeah, crickets. Where's it at? It's uh, uh, in uh, in kind of my stomping grounds. My uh, it's it's near my my home, uh, Lexington, Kentucky. So it's it's kind of the, I guess you'd call it the 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 probably the largest detailing show that they're gonna that's gonna be out there this year. You know, Mobile Tech was canceled as as everyone knows. So uh, they had this scheduled. It was the first annual. Uh, was last year. Uh, it's held by. A, uh, by the name of Daryl Lyons, uh, I don't uh, detail Lex. I think is the name of his business, Marty. You probably uh, uh, know Daryl. So they're, they're putting that show on this weekend. I think it runs Saturday and Sunday. They've got, I don't know, give or take, uh, you know, a hundred or so vendors signed up. Uh, we'll be there. Auto Geek, um, uh, you know, er, er, pretty much everyone else in the industry. So uh, 
just wanted to let everyone know if there was somebody uh, that, that was coming to the show, love, you know, swing by the booth and we'd love to say hello and meet you in person. So. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. We will not be there. I, I don't know Daryl personally. Uh, people have sent me videos of him in a shower on TikTok for some reason. I don't know, but uh, you know, he, he seems to be a pretty good guy uh, has run a business <laughs> for many years and uh, we were in it last year, but then, you know, when they, canceled or some stuff happened yeah we right. backed out uh yeah. we won't be there this year uh, i hope everybody the best on the travels and i hope it's a great show i think there are going to be some people that show up they'll be interesting to see you know who and why and yeah it uh it's an interesting part of the show because and it's an interesting part of the year and the industry because you're right there's a lot of people that backed out there's a lot of people yeah. that shut the mobile tech expo show down that are now going to this show and our major supporters. So it will be very interesting to see uh, what comes over the next year plus of uh, you know, trade show expos and what happens. I, I agree. Great. Yeah. For whatever it's worth, I just got confirmation of uh, SEMA booth, uh, SEMA booth selection. Say that five times in a row. Uh, it's too late for that. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Say that five times in a row and I'll send you a, a, a later of perfect finish. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. I got to do that. Hey, Dima <laughs> <laughs> yeah. show selection. Uh, our, our booth selection is uh, next week. So that appears that it's going to happen. So that is nice. uh, good, my opinion. Yeah, no, that's great. And I know we talked last week. We're not sure of how many uh, internationals will be going to the show of SEMA, but so it is good that even though a, a major portion of uh, of them not being there, that SEMA will still be pushing on. What do we think? 30, 40 percent down, though. You know, I mean, that's it's going to be quite a bit down. I would yeah, say every bit of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, the more as you work SEMA over the years, one of the things you realize is. Uh, you know, the folks that come up to the booth, I mean, there's not a, there's not a lot of them that speak English, you know, these days. I mean, I'm, I still claim that it's 60 plus percent international um, and, you know, maybe 35 to 40%, you know, U S participants. It's uh, uh, certainly a big show. I mean, even Germany, you know, we, our entire crew comes in. I mean, they make it a big deal. They bring in all of Sonex from, you know, really the entire world. So that's, that's their big show of the year. And, you know, when those guys can't come and, you know, and I'm sure that's the case with many other companies there. So, you know, let's face it. I think it's going to be down considerably, but it looks like they've got a lot of participants. And I'll uh, I'll try to give you a full report on this uh, Southern Detailers Conference because I think we're all, Rob and I have talked about it a lot here over the last few days on how how it's going to be received. It's in a certainly a different time of the, of the year. You know, normally like Mobile Tech, for example, they have it in, what, middle January, early February. So it's, you know, right yeah. now it's, Kids are graduating, right? I mean, everybody's and graduating. It's busy, it's busy season, right? Busy, I mean, we're just launching busy season. Yeah, yeah people are humping. Yeah, so I'm, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. mean to talk about you know venture off into into the show, but I'm I'm curious to see. You know, and it's in Kentucky, which I guess would be considered a, a relatively centralized place. But you know, when you talk about Orlando for mobile tech, you know, at least people can. You know, you're in sunny Florida in February. It's not a bad deal, right? And you can bring your kids to Disney World, you know, that sort of thing. Vegas is cool because, you know, it's Vegas. Uh, you know, Kentucky's not really that cool unless you like bourbon and horses and pretty women. And pretty women. And Jason Abney. You know, that's about <laughs> it. But uh, I'm going to see the women. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it'll be anxious to see. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I have uh, little birdies have said that a lot of the hotels are sold out. So 
you know, maybe there, there will be uh, more people participating than what I, what I think. So oh, I think there'll be people there, no doubt. I mean, yeah. it'll, it'll be attended. I think it'll be attended. No doubt. I, I just, I think it'll be interesting to see coming over the next years, right? Like it, what will happen with expos and will the SDC begin to rise because of people backing it or, or will it not, you know, will, will mobile tech fall away? Will SDC rise? What will happen to SEMA? I mean, those are all fun things to just look at in our industry on a, an ever changing environment, right? I mean, when did we ever question that there would be a show, an expo that would happen or not happen. So to be now thinking, you know, will shows survive, you know, how well will they be attended? So it just makes us understand that the car care industry has changed. It, it definitely has changed. And it's, it's our duty as uh, those involved in car care to see the change and begin to, you know, move with it in the right direction. So, uh, be curious you, to see a, you know, can these support, can, can the detail, the appearance industry support itself. I mean, we all know mobile tech, you know, having gone many, many years that, you know, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of paint and body there, right? I mean, you hear a lot of hammering, a lot of dent pulling, a lot of, you know, that, that's, that's what you hear a lot at that show. So, um, and, and my guess is if I was a, a betting man, it's probably what, 60, 70% PDR and, and probably the rest detail. I, I suspect that's probably somewhat accurate. Um, so can a purely, appearance uh, show you know how well will it perform and like you said a lot of it has to do with with who's backing it up you know the um that that, that plays a huge factor you got to have some big sponsors to play for those big arenas right that you're going to have them in so um and this one is is ran a, a quite a bit different you know and and some of the stuff that that you are allowed and not allowed to do at the booth and you know i think they're doing a lot more you know standalone training classes uh, throughout the day. So there's going to be, you know, just kind of nonstop uh, uh, a lot of those. And I think you're not allowed to do quite as much at the booth, which, uh, you know, we like to do, you know, we like to show off our products, man. I mean, that's what it's about. So I'll be curious to see, I'll, uh, I'll give you a full report. When we get back. Yeah. yeah. I like I'll, I'll leave you with this. I, I, I love where our industry is. Uh, I think everybody's chomping at the bit. I, I, can't thank all you guys for jumping on here the last two weeks, asking great questions, supporting our brand, supporting other brands. You know, at the end of the day, uh, the innovativeness, I think, in the industry right now starts with you guys. Um, and we just try to help support what you guys are doing. So we certainly appreciate uh, you guys jumping on. And as always, feel free to reach out. Definitely. And it's Rob at Sonax USA or <laughs> you threw out Jason's. I wasn't going to do it. I was just throwing out some random one, but uh, yep. everybody just reach out to Rob at Sonax USA. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And if you want to talk to Jason, I'll, I'll connect you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> change money. yeah. yeah he's going to change his. All right. Last question. Cause we're way over time. We are. Thank you guys for staying on, but no I, problem. you guys mentioned it earlier and I just, one last question. I was going to let it flow, but. I want to ask, you mentioned that you were starting a training facility. That seems to be a thing that more companies are doing. They want to have a facility. Like, what is it about you guys? Why did you want to have a training facility? Well, we, uh, we acquired a building that uh, we are in the process of, of building a warehouse. And we, uh, believe it or not, we had two detail bays already in the building. So most of the work was, was already done. So why not have a place where you can do trainings and videos and 
a lot of cool things. So wasn't wasn't a great expense, but uh, the the structure was kind of already built. So uh, we were fortunate enough when our owner came and he said, "Hey, I want you to come look at the building and let me know what you think." And I walked in. I was like, you know, short of a few different things that I've, you know, it's got everything that that we would want and what we would need. So uh, fortunately, he he pulled the trigger and um, you know we'll we'll soon have a place where we can do cool videos and, and host some workshops. And so anytime anybody's in central Indiana, please stop in and say hello. Well, definitely uh, we'll put together some of our certified free trains and we'll, let's, let's link up and let's come out and do that. that that will be a lot of fun. I, I look forward to that. I, it is interesting though. I mean, as the, the change there, as we said, there's, there's been some movements in the industry. There's been some change and that's one of them, right? Like, so it will be interesting to see as the, the training game continues. You know, I, I love what you guys did. If it, hey, if you already had it and there's not expense, you know, there's plenty of companies that are doing blowout expenses of training. So it that's another part of the industry that's interesting to see of of companies that are investing so heavy into training. So yeah, it was kind of cool. We did one in February. Uh, we're we're connected with several car clubs around here, and in the president of the Porsche Club here central indiana and called and said we've got so many people chomping at the bed any chance we could come out and i said we have literally just i mean we just now have the infrastructure up and he's like these guys are you know they're ready to come so we had 32 people uh ranging anywhere from probably 30 years old to 80 years old uh, all of them wore masks all of them you know we did all the protocol and everything but i am happy to say not one person left so that was, you know, that was in the, in the heat of it, so to speak. So, um, and I can't tell you how many people have just come back by and, you know, thanked us for doing it and come in with, Hey, I've got this on my car. What do you recommend? So that's another thing, you know, just, just an opportunity to, to talk shop. So Rob, how much did you charge for that? Zero. Oh man. Damn. That's crazy. That's crazy. So you do free training when you come to Oklahoma and you do free training out there. That It's interesting how certain brands will offer free training and some don't, man. So I really am glad to know that you guys are continuing to do that. I uh, really do appreciate that of what you guys are doing for the industry. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, man. I, it means a lot. So Rob, Jason, man, thanks so much for your time. Brandon, thanks for hopping on. Nick, uh, even though we didn't get to see your cooking, we got to see some lemon bars that Rob's going to get to eat. Hint, hint. <laughs> Cough, cough. Okay, Nick. Yeah, uh, Derek, man, thanks so much for for the question. Thanks for hopping on, Brandon from no Tim's, problem. Vinny, and Cody, guys. Thanks so much. Appreciate you guys. Thank Appreciate you, guys. Everybody. Thanks, man. All right, y'all. Have a great night. Good morning. Night, guys. And hey, Nick, I got the, uh, the aprons on order, Nick. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> so much for listening to that episode and let me just ask a favor if you got any value out of it right maybe there was just one little nugget that was good for you on the inside was good for you on the outside hey whichever way you tickle right uh any little bit of info that you got value out of would you please go share that with the rest of the community Go on to the community page on Facebook. Go on to any of the other Facebook groups and just say, hey, here's a great little nugget that I got from the Pints and Polishing podcast. I know the community would love to hear it. I know we would love to hear it. 
And I know there's a lot of other detailers that could also gain the information. So, hey, be active. Be a part of the community. Let others know what value you're getting out of the podcast. Hey, this is Marty, Total Eye Solutions. Make it a great day. Thank you.